Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is a collaboration between the Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcasts. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit HerdPodcast.com, like Herd Podcast on Facebook, and follow at Herd Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoy this week's episode of Herd. Hello, friends, and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. I'm Joe Hakeem, and tonight I'm with Vato. What's up? Nick, <laughs> who just made fun of Bobby the Brain Heenan, who wow. passed away this week. And wow. that's a real listen, sick move, Listen, Nick. I didn't make fun of him. I you, just you don't know who he, he is. No, you the said... The greatest manager of all time, manager of Rick Rude. For wrestling. Mr. Perfect, Andre oh. the Giant, King Kong Bundy, Big John Stud, the Heenan family. Send your angry emails to info <laughs> at herdpodcast.com. So brisky. And our special guest, continuing our Bourbon Heritage Month coverage. From bestinbourbon.com, the creator of bestinbourbon.com, Ben Jones. What's up, guys? Ben, thanks for being with us. Happy to be here. First off, stop what you are doing. Go follow him on Instagram. You can be one of the 20-some thousand followers. 22,000 plus, yeah. Nice. Okay, so just looking at your Instagram account, which is beautiful. Thank you. um, It it appears that you have a glorious job. (laughs) Your your Instagram account is just full of... Bottles of bourbon. Yes, that's correct. It's, and let's get this straight. It's a part-time job. It's not a, a full-time job, unfortunately. So you just so, but it's it's a job. You do make some. I make a little bit of money. Income. Okay. Um, mainly paid in bourbon, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. You have to claim that on your taxes. I do not. <laughs> okay, so uh, I have to ask because I the first the first thing that jumps out at me is your photos. There's like a little bit a, a little glass poured out of each bottle. Yes, do you have. Thousands of bottles of bourbon, like ha- like <laughs> half or three quarters full in your house, just lining every wall. I do. I've got a, probably about two hundred and seventy different bottles of bourbon in the basement. Wow. There's still a few that I haven't opened yet, but um, most of them are at least halfway full. I haven't gotten through with many of them yet. Okay, so the the next logical question for me then is, what do you ever go back to a bourbon like consistently? Uh consistently, yeah, definitely. Um. I mean, your Blantons, Eagle Rare, that kind of stuff, I'm always consistently going back to. Um, but typically, if I'm tasting a bourbon, I mean, I, I'll taste it. I put it away for three or four weeks, then go back and taste it again. Wow. Kind of revisit it every three and four weeks. Um, At what point do you write your review? Usually after the second tasting. So usually I'll drink it, um, then let it sit for a few weeks, and then re- revisit it. Now, does letting it sit do anything to it? <clears throat> Sometimes people think it opens the bourbon up a little bit, um, kind of you know, lets the flavors come out a little more. Uh, some people don't believe that, but usually, you know, it's it's hard when you're just drinking it right out of the bottle to, you know, to make a judgment on it. Usually, you know, I've had bourbons where the first time I drank it, I wasn't a huge fan. Then I come back to it four weeks later and I love it. So if you pour it into a glass, it does help too. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Especially a Glencairn. Instead of drinking it straight from the bottle? I don't drink Is that something people do? <laughs> that's, a, that's a pro tip right there. No, I'm, what, not, I'm not pulling straight from the bottle. What do you, what do you think uh, makes that difference? I mean, obviously each bourbon would be different, but what do you think makes that difference between the first time you did it and four mm-hmm. weeks later? Um, well, one, I, like I said, I think 
it opens up a little bit after you open the bottle. I think it lets a little air in. Usually that opens up the flavors, the nose of the bourbon. Um, so typically when I think it tastes better after a few weeks open. Um, so usually like, uh, you know, if it's, if it's right out of the bottle, just, you know, the first pour, it can be a little harsh, especially if you're drinking a, a cask strength or a barrel strength bourbon, which is a high proof, like the barrel bourbon 11 we're drinking. Yeah. So, so let's talk about this barrel bourbon. Cause the first reaction Vato had when he drink, drink, Drank it was it, it was, was hot. It was hot, and, <laughs> it, was and, hot. and it is. It's it's a hundred and fourteen point eight proof, which is I think stronger than anything we've had on the show so far. I don't know if we've had any like absinthe or anything like no. super high. Yet. Maybe that gallon of uh, sherry Co- cooking had, sherry. Yeah, had had <laughs> yeah. oxidized and <laughs> refermented double so ferment, double distilled <laughs> <laughs> so much that it was stronger proof. Um, but. Okay, so first of all, 114 proof. Average bourbon, like if you uh, – 80, 80, 80, 90. Usually right. 90, yeah, 90. right in that ballpark, yeah. Um, okay, so this is considerably stronger. <laughs> and wait, what was so that face good. that Nick made oh, just now? so good. <laughs> it's not the face. It, it was like a Jägermeister the, face. So <laughs> this is barrel bourbon by – is it by – So a, uh, barrel bourbon is its own brand. Okay. What it is is um, a guy named Joe Beatrice. He's the founder of barrel bourbon. Okay. So what he does – Right now, I know they just opened a distillery, but basically he goes and picks um, batches of bourbon. He t- picks the barrels and bottles it as his own. Um, so I think this one's from Tennessee. Um, he takes them from Indiana. I think he's taking some from Michigan. Um, he bottles them all at cask strength. And uh, this particular batch, actually, batch 11, won San Francisco Spirits uh, Bourbon of the Year. So that's pretty uh, a pretty huge spirits competition. Okay, so we talked about competitions last week with um <clears throat> with Long Road. Mm-hmm. What is uh the San Francisco and what is it? What makes it a huge competition? I think it's probably the most in, in the United States the most popular uh, bourbon um, or whiskey festival in the United States. Really? as far as judging I think goes, it's an older one too, so it has a lot of like credibility. Yeah, there's and, a lot of credibility. There's yeah. a lot of big names who are judges. Fred Minnick is uh you know he's a big uh, bourbon badass. guy. And yeah. who is Fred Minnick? Okay, so who is Fred Minnick? <clears throat> he actually he's, won he's a uh, <laughs> Tales of the Cocktail. I think his book won uh, Spirits Award, uh, Spirited Award this year. What What is his book? <sighs> I don't need the I think title, it's on rum. It's yeah, on it rum. It's on yeah. rum. Okay. So so for this one here, just go back to this. Um so this person is barrel bourbon is not distilling it. They're taking someone they're going to another distillery, finding a barrel they like, and then bringing it back to say this is barrel bourbon. Correct. Yes. So he's got a, I'm sure he's got a couple different, you know, warehouses he's picking from. Um but he goes there, he picks out the barrel that he likes, and he bottles it um, essentially as barrel bourbon. How so how, he, how how uh, significant is the difference between the barrels from uh, that uh, are going to be that distillery if somebody else is doing the same thing? Someone else is picking up that barrel, another barrel, and then you yeah. know calling it uh, you know the Britsky bourbon. Right? <laughs> well, you get that a lot, especially with new distilleries. You're trademark. Getting... <laughs> what I'm just saying, it's not out yet. Um, I mean, you see that a lot with new distillers, especially they're sourcing their bourbons from other, from other places just because they're, they're too young to, you know, they don't want to the bottle theirs yet cause they're too young. So they're buying aged bourbon and bottling it at their, as their own. I know two James in Detroit was doing that for a long time. I think they just finally came out with their own, you know, 10 years or something like that. But I know they were sourcing their whiskey for a long time. Um, I mean, depending on where it's from, Tennessee, Indiana, I mean, the changes in weather usually help, you know, the, 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 extreme temperatures the hot to the cold you know more flavorful bourbons in my opinion um but i think he's obviously he's a master at picking out barrels that are you know very very tasteful not to mention so every every year basically every bottling i mean i guess is he come out with a new one every year or oh yeah he's um so i mean they've probably been around for about two years as far as i know and they've got 13 batches of bourbon out 
I think four um, four batches of barrel whiskey. They just came out with a barrel rye and a barrel rum as well. And this is not something you're going to go to Meyer and find. No, 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 no. Um, I mean, I it just started getting to in the state of Michigan. Um, I don't see it very often in Michigan, but um, I know they just started uh, selling it in Michigan. But no, you're not going to find it on you know. I, I know we CVS talked about or anything. I, well, at least I'm pretty sure we talked about it before. But can you do a really quick uh, rundown for the uh, the novice who? You said barrel whiskey, barrel rye, just yeah. barrel bourbon. Quick differences between the... So, um, obviously for... Well, not obviously, but for bourbon, bourbon says under a, fall, um, a standard of you know rules, basically, or laws. So, for it to be a bourbon, it has to be made in the United States. Um, it has to be at least 51% corn. Um, it has to be aged in new charred oak barrels. And then it has to be distilled to no more than 160 proof, barreled at no more than 125 proof and bottled at no less than 80 proof. So the difference between like a bourbon and a rye whiskey is the, major, the, the majority grain in rye whiskey is going to be rye, at least 51% rye. Um, bourbon's going to be at least 51% corn. Um, rum, I don't know, whatever rum is made of. Sugar, uh, some sort of sugar product. <laughs> sugar, yeah, sugar yeah. product. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the difference there. So Okay, so we... Um, and no age, that's key though. It just touches the barrels. And exactly. it what, what's no age? It's you just touch a new new American oak barrel in your your bourbon. It can be aged one second legally. Technically, it can be put in a barrel for one second and dumped, and it's it can be a bourbon still. But so, this guy's six years. Well, I, I, I and mean, I want to talk about the aging um, because we we uh, we talked with Detroit State Distillery uh, a couple weeks ago, and they have a the butcher's cut just came out, yep. and that's a year. Yep. Uh, and, and so I, I did was, Long Road bring anything? Was he was no? They, they brought an aged Aquavit. And well, they brought whiskey. They okay. brought the Beer City whiskey. Nice. Okay. Um, but uh, no bourbon. Um, so we were talking. I was talking to someone at at, uh, at Ackroyd's, my bakery, mm-hmm. and um, about bourbon. And I mentioned the uh, butcher's cut, okay. and he he made a really odd face when I said it was only a year aged. Um, and we talked about this with them. I'd like to get your input on the whole aging process oh, and mm-hmm. if uh, if a bourbon can be great at a year and. If necessary, if a bourbon that's been aged 25 or 30 years is going to be great just because it's been aged 25 or 30 years. So I definitely think there's a stigma when it comes to young bourbons. People, you know, shake their heads if it's a year, two years, you know, six months, anything like that. Um, In my opinion, I don't know if it can be great just because it's not, um, you know, it needs time to soak up the flavors from that wood. Um, Go through a couple seasons of distilling, in my opinion. Um, But I've had some very, very good bourbons that are a year old, you know. 10 months old, 18 months old. Um, so no, I don't think it's they're bad just because they're young. Um, in my opinion, typically a sweet spot is anywhere between like 6 and 10 years. Um, when it starts getting over like 15 years, I usually think it's too oaky for me. Um, you start tasting that oak more from the barrel. Um, so even like a Pappy Van Winkle 23, even though it's probably the most sought after, in my opinion, it's it's too woody of a bourbon and I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I don't really like it. Um, but yeah, I mean... You know, and my distilleries have to start somewhere, so they're going to have young bourbon. It takes time to age it, and they obviously have to start making money, so they got to sell it at a young age. But no, I've had some excellent uh, bourbons that are one year old. Even did we talk Cleveland whiskey at all this month? I don't think so. Um, so Cleveland whiskey is kind of fascinating because they're a little bit of this uh, kind of robotic organization. He, um, I, I've toured the facility. It's a really cool facility, uh, but it's more kind of sciencey, where he has a process that's. Um, pressure and um, I don't know if heat's involved too, but definitely kind of pressure, high pressure, low pressure, high pressure, low pressure to kind of force the product in and out of wood chips. 
So it's actually in like a, a vacuum seal, and it goes in and out of wood chips, which is neat because it can be anything. You could have like cedar, which wouldn't necessarily be like airtight in a bottle, but there definitely is some very strong um, statements with people in the whiskey industry because sure. it's like a Franken whiskey. Exactly. Um, it's like a, almost like super aging whiskey, and there's a couple companies that are doing it, and it, I don't, you know, I don't have any problem with it, but it is definitely uh, there's a lot of people who frown upon it. Why? Why is it frowned upon? Um, they're thinking it's not like a real product. It's like almost like a, the GMO of whiskeys, if you will, kind of thing. Okay. You know, because it's like super manipulated. It's not like letting nature take its course. It's basically kind of putting this, you know, scientist touch on it. I mean, these these are the same arguments you have in beer and sure. wine. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, like macro lagers. Like yeah. Bud Light, right? And For then sure. Wine like Charles Shaw that's basically made in industrial tubs rather than, you know. Tankers. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't had it, so I don't know anything. You haven't had Charles Shaw? No, no. Oh, sorry. The con- <laughs> Cleveland whiskey. <laughs> I've like, we'll, we'll said, tra- yeah. didn't you used to work at Trader Joe's? <laughs> um, Charles Shaw. I'll see if I can bring some next week, admit. and we can we can try unless we're doing beer. We yeah. talking about Charles Shaw. What are we talking about? <laughs> Cleveland whiskey. Cleveland whiskey. Cleveland. Are you paying attention? Well, no, just because we're talking about aging. That's kind yeah. of the other right, right. side. So you know, you like look hyper at aging. Like, yeah. So who comes up with? The, I mean, and this is a more historical question. Who comes up with these rules about how you define? What bourbon is, how you define that it has to be aged for an X amount of time or something like that. So actually in uh, 1964, Congress like passed laws um, setting, setting guidelines setting guidelines for bourbon. <laughs> I mean, probably, um, he probably voted on it. It was named like America's Native Spirit, and they actually set laws um, that required you to follow it to be considered a bourbon. Wow. Yeah. So if you have a treaty with us, um, I don't know which treaty. I don't know if it's any treaty or a certain treaty, but then you can't make basically bourbon in your country. So, like, we couldn't, there couldn't be, like, Canada, and Canada has very strong relationships with us. They couldn't make a bourbon, but maybe, like, North Korea would or something. What would they call their, I mean, they would just call it whiskey? Corn whiskey, maybe? What, in Canada? No, I mean, like, somewhere else. If this was distilled somewhere else, they would just call it just whiskey. Canadian whiskey, uh, Japanese whiskey, Irish whiskey, yeah. But yeah, but it could still have the same kind of flavor profile that a bourbon has. Uh, if they used if they used a similar mash bills as far as, like, um, you know, if they used corn and rye and, you know, malted barley. Um, then yeah, definitely it can it can taste pretty similar. Or somebody could go to the same distillery that that person went to, pick out a barrel, <laughs> take it to. If they sell, oh. if they sell it to you, I don't know if they. Uh, uh, a lot of companies don't do that, but there's there's no. a few that can do that. Yeah. So that's interesting though. If it was made in the U.S., would you have to bottle it in the U.S. to be called bourbon? I don't think so. Mm, so there you go. So if you bought it like at like an MGP or something, and like yeah. took it to what's MGP. Oh, I don't know. What they it's basically for. a big, yeah, yeah. it's um, industrial. We talked about it, something yeah. grain products, but it's it's basically a, a warehouse where like someone like Barrel Bourbon would go there and buy their their whiskey Got from it. them. They just source it for other companies to buy. Interesting. Wow. I have to figure that out. Yeah. Um. So, I want to talk about your rating system. Yep. Okay. So you, you rate on a scale of one blue ribbon to four blue ribbons. Yep. Um. So. Are you really stingy on the four blue ribbons? Uh, yeah, pretty standard. I mean, in my opinion, it has to be pretty perfect for me to give, you know, a, a four. Do do any, do you have like a number? Uh, what, how what many ribbons have, are How many four ribbons? What's that? Like what ribbons right now? So barrel bourbon. Um, I haven't reviewed this ah. one. So actually, I mean, this one is, I would probably be writing the three three 3.5 for the, the batch 11. Batch nine is actually my favorite of theirs and still about a 3.5. I mean, it's hard to. There's ones that you put in the same kind of class. Um, you know, it's hard to really distinguish, like, wow, this one's that much greater than that one. Um, but, yeah, I think, I mean, this would be in my 
Book about a 3.5. Nice. Yeah. So what what are some examples of a four ribbon? Um, the the 2016 like ten year Michter's Rye, I thought was a four. Uh-huh. Um, that was I loved that one. Um, what else would I say? You know, the Barrel Bourbon Batch Nine, in my opinion, was close. Okay, close to that. Um, you know, in the past that you know I've had like the 2013 Old Forester Birthday Bourbon was mm. amazing, in my opinion. Um, just, you know, it varies from year to year, batch to batch, for sure. When you review a bourbon, do, does the needle push it all on, on sales? Do you, have you heard back from any brands or anything? Um, you know, I I try and be very um, neutral. I, don't, I try don't try not to get involved in that because I don't want to. I don't want to like a bourbon more because you know they're offering me something, or I try and be as neutral as possible. So you're you're, you're a critic then. You're you're not trying to. I mean, I mean, I, I promote brands and I am a critic. So I, you know, okay. d- depending on if they send me their bourbon, you know, I ask them, do you want it to be reviewed? Some brands send me their bourbons and they just pr- um, you know prefer me to promote it on my Instagram and not rate it. Um, and how will you address that? How will you define that based on our like? You know, I I won't review it, and I'll just you know I I I'm not I'm not in the business of bashing any distillery. I think anyone who's you know working hard to produce you know what they think is you know great stuff and it's going to be great stuff. You know, I respect that. I can usually find something good about any whiskey I drink. Um, so usually, I mean, if it's if it's, they just want me to promote it, you know, I'll post a picture of it on Instagram and say you know give a few facts about the the where it's from, you know, how long it's aged. And are readers savvy enough to kind of know the difference between like a reviewed bourbon versus a just promoted bourbon? I mean, if, yeah. People I don't mean to throw you under the, the no, bus, no, but I'm just curious. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, the, the bourbon community is huge. I mean, I don't know. I know you're in some of the, the bourbon Facebook groups mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and those guys are, are very smart. They're very, very knowledgeable. I mean. Just a lot of yelling about rebottling things. Lot, <laughs> definitely a lot of yelling about rebottling. But I mean, you can't. What, what does that mean? What's a we talked about that on one of the podcasts about like taking empty pappy bottles and like filling it with something else. And no, we it. didn't. We oh, talked about this. I thought we did. Yeah, it's huge. It's a huge problem right now in the the bourbon like I'm, community. I'm sorry. So people are this is my se- other podcast. I talked about this then selling pappy. Oh yeah, but, I mean the pappy resale market. That's really where you get pappy. No, I I, yeah. I get it, but but they're selling pappy that's not pappy. Yes, exactly. And, and how, <laughs> one guy how, in how particular would, was super called yeah, out. Yeah, there was one guy who uh, I mean they're they're. Estimating the number is close to a hundred thousand of, <laughs> of hundred thousand dollars that he uh, sold. You know, was refilling bottles, resealing them. Pretty much looked identical, um, and uh, you know, selling them on the secondary market. Uh, so, so I don't mean to like take over, like go off on a tangent here, but th- this is interesting to me. So, this has what, more... and the other stuff wasn't. Well, no, no, but this, this is particularly so. No, what what interests me is this idea that <laughs> you could pour something else into a bottle. And sell it to someone, and they're going to drink it, and they're going to think that 100%. that's what it is. So, and that is illegal. You are not allowed to re put. Of course, it's illegal. Like, gonna, I, I mean, that that doesn't. I mean, but, I mean, it, but, it's false. But, so think about Tide. Think if you were to like take a Tide bottle and like fill it with cheer. I don't know what the hell is another. Yeah, brand. That's, that's right. Okay, okay. so that's so, not illegal. You could resell that, and there's no law against that. So in that. this case, but in whiskey, in like spirits, there is a law. In this case, for this bourbon here that we are drinking. When the barrel is done, can they take the next barrel and call it the same thing? No. So this one, batch 11 is batch 11. So when, once it's oh, done. Oh, I see. So yeah. it can have the same proprietary name, but then it's going to be called batch 11 and the next one will be batch 12. Exactly. And, okay. That's how, the, that's how they're putting them out is, I mean, other companies, you know, don't necessarily do that, but this particular barrel bourbon, every release is a different batch. So, so. barrel bourbon, 
from batch one through 11 may all have completely different characteristics and taste. 100%. Definitely. Oh, okay. Yep. For him. For me. But but there no, no no for this for this for, line so like right, yeah, 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 yeah 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 for this line exactly so um I mean everyone's different because they're not always the barrels aren't always from the same state necessarily the same uh you know warehouse um so yeah every every batch of barrel bourbon is going to be different it's going to be are a lot proof. of um companies that sell bourbon like this that where they source it. Um, there, versus I mean, distilling it, there's themselves? definitely some, and usually you find it in younger companies who okay. who haven't their their bourbon hasn't been aged long enough um, because they need to start putting product out there. They need to start making money, so they're sourcing it. They bottle it as their own, which they're allowed to do. Um, Are any of the big names sourcing out stuff like would Buffalo Trace or Jack Daniels or Bullet source out any of their stuff to? No, above. Uh, I mean. Distilleries like that, like Buffalo Trace. I mean, Buffalo Trace has a stock, but even though there has been a shortage, they, I mean, they've got stuff stockpiled. They would never, you know, typically source anything. I got you. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so I want to go back to the the reviews. Um, the the fact that these that these distilleries send bourbon to you, um, and the fact that you like you, there's no exchange of money. Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. any sense of um, this being a gift? Like, and you say you don't want to bash any mm-hmm. distillery. Is that why you don't want to? Like, if someone sends you a bourbon that sucks, yeah. Um, do you take like, the picture dance, out of focus, <laughs> or dance <laughs> dance around the fact that it sucks, or do you just not review it? Well, I usually just don't review it. Okay, and just because it sucks to me doesn't mean it sucks to everybody. Everybody's got a different palate, <sighs> I, so I, I hate to you know I don't like when people tell people what they should taste or you know how good a bourbon should be because it's not everyone's taste. I mean, some person or somebody might like Pappy Van Winkle fifteen year. Another person might hate it, and it's, you know, who am I to say, oh, you have to like this, or this is what it does, and this is what it do. And that's what a lot of people, like Pappy Van Winkle, people, you could give them, and that's what the problem is, that the average bourbon drinker, you could refill a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle 15 with something and say, oh, this is great, and they'd be like, yeah, it is great. So a lot of it is, you know, you know what they tell you, you believe. Could you could you tell the difference? Ooh. Between, <laughs> um, I would I would like to think so, yes, okay. for sure. I mean... I mean, it depends what they, you know, what they fill it with. I mean, if they fill it with, uh, you know, like Jack Daniels, then yeah, for sure I could tell the difference. Um, but if they fill it with Pappy 18. <laughs> I mean, if they fill it with, uh, you, know, a wheat, a, you know, a weeded bourbon, um, I mean, I, I still think I would be able to tell just the age difference. You know, I could usually tell when Moore's age. But, I mean, I, I'm sure I, I could be fooled once in a while. Stop so, getting l- ideas because last time we tried to do a blind tasting, it didn't well, go well. So th- this is the next question. The blind tasting is a perfect example. So sommeliers have to go through this test mm-hmm. and they have to blind taste. Is there anything like that for bourbon? And um, could you, in fact, taste three or four variations of Pappy and pick out which one was the... If you're giving me three or four variations of Pappy age-wise, yes, I think I could do that. Okay. If you're, you know, If you're sitting me in a room with, you know, 10 whiskeys and I don't know any, you know... No, you know, no names or anything like that. It'd be very difficult. Um, actually, we actually did one when Nick had his uh, event at uh, what was that big event you did down? Oh, at Whiskey Experience. He did a yeah Whiskey Experience. He did like a private tasting. Um, so we, I mean, I already did a had blind like, tasting. We did a blind tasting with oh. three different whiskeys, and whoever got the closest got basically a prize pack. And it was it was a shit show. Yeah, it was, well, it was after I had like fifteen drinks too, so it was pretty. <laughs> oh, you did it later t- in the night. You still do it the first thing in the yeah, night. Yeah, it was like the end of the night. <laughs> so when you're when you're reviewing, then uh, are you? Do you have like a uh, SOP standard operating kind of procedure that 
all right, I'm not going to eat before this, or I'm not going to drink this, oh. or, you know, all your pictures seem to be like on some like pretty nice little porch or... Yeah, that's usually yeah. my back porch. That's usually where I go out. Yeah. So, I mean, my routine's pretty similar. I'm from, you know, bourbon to bourbon. Um, usually it is on my back porch. Um, it, you know, it'll usually be, I haven't eaten anything before. If I do, it's, you know, crackers or something like that. You know, I have water. Um, but that's pretty much my procedure. I'm not going to go eat, you know, like a chicken shawarma sandwich and then uh, and then taste it <laughs> this or anything tastes like, like that. garlic. <laughs> <laughs> I pick up notes exactly. of grilled chicken. Yes. <laughs> In my teeth. So I, I try and keep it consistent um, when I taste them. Similar routine, yeah. um, similar thing, what I'm doing, just so I'm trying, you know, keep it as neutral as possible. So let, let's talk about, so Nick's Instagramming a, a, a photo of a bottle there. Um, yeah, my th- face came up first. It was flipped around and I was <laughs> oh, just like, ah! <laughs> I hate when that happens. Um, so what is this uh, uh, second bottle that you brought? So this is a uh, Joseph Magnus. Um, it's their cigar blend bourbon. So it's pretty limited release. Um, I think for this, it's batch two. There's only 545 bottles of this. Um, and uh, it's a from- huge shout out. I feel like you are bringing us really, really cool, rare stuff. So thank you for this. Yeah, no problem. These are, yeah, this is a great one. So this is, uh, they're uh, based out of Washington, D.C. Um, and I, this particular, uh, the cigar blend is um, some of their five-year bourbon mixed with uh, an 11-year-old and an 18-year-old uh, whiskey. Um, and I guess the the idea behind it is their their master blender was trying to find a, a perfect bourbon to pair with a cigar. And that was kind of the idea behind this. Um, so are, is there any rules with that then? So what you're, mis- you're mixing uh, the bourbon by the definition of bourbon with other types of whiskey. Is there a um, proportion distinction that has to be there? Or? There's not a proportion distinction. Um, it just has to be, as, as far as aging goes, if you're mixing a, a 15-year with a 5-year, it has to be, um, you have to age it as the 5-year. It has to always go by the, the youngest um, you know, bourbon in the mix. Um, but yeah, proportion wise, it still has to maintain that, you know, at least 51% corn. So you can't, you know, mix a 50, you know, 50%, 51% corn with a, you know, a high rye one like that either. So, um, but yeah, Let, let's talk about, uh, so your website, mm-hmm. bestinbourbon.com, uh, has a, uh, a small blog feature and and one of the blog posts is pairing bourbon with cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 um, you know, full disclosure, didn't read the blog post because I don't smoke cigars. Okay. However, was this the impetus for that? Was this even included in that post? This was not. So okay. this this is a, a fairly new release. Okay. So this was, um, you know, released after I actually, you know, made that post. So okay. um, it was not taken into consideration. Um, like I said, Joseph Mag or District Magnus is, the, you know, distillery, but they're, you know, it's a pretty, like I said, they're pretty limited releases. They're very tough to get. You don't see them. You'll never, I haven't seen one in the state of Michigan. Um, they're not on the shelves in Michigan. I don't think they have distribution in Michigan. Okay. Where's the distillery? Uh, Washington, D.C. Nice. Yep. Um, and, you know, I was lucky enough, their, their master distiller, uh, Brett Thompson, actually, you know, hooked me up with a bottle of this. So it's pretty cool. I mean, these are selling for a secondary market, you know, 250 bucks, stuff Whoa. like that. Wow. So, yeah. That's wow. a cheap bottle. So l- let's, That's a cheap bottle. Yeah. <laughs> let's go down the pairing path because I, like, I'm, of course, interested with food pairings, but I don't think... Okay. Um, have you done any bourbon and food events? I haven't done any bourbon and food events, but I'm actually um, I'm in the process right now. I'm working with the guys at Detroit Fleet, and okay. we're um, we're actually going to start doing a monthly like bourbon and uh, food pairing. Oh, so great that's the idea! Yeah, um, we're in the final works. We're hoping to set a, our first date for sometime end of October, early November. Um, 
where we do, you know, four, four bourbons and then we, uh, mix them. I don't know if you know their concept, but they're food trucks. Um, yeah, so we should say Detroit Fleet, F-L-E-A-T. Correct. Uh, it's on Nine Mile. Fleet. Fer- Fleet. 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 Yeah. Fleet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nine Mile in Ferndale. Yeah. Um, similar concept to uh, Little Fleet in Traverse City. Um, and uh, I haven't been there yet, admittedly. But, uh, Nick, you've been. Yep. Uh, ben, that's that's my biggest video. Your, your biggest video. That video hit 10,000 views. I couldn't no, believe it. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. With you in it? With me in it. Damn. <laughs> I, thought, I thought your biggest video was that trapped in the closet. Thing. <laughs> I don't know if I know that one. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you, are you going to be working with the food trucks? Are you going to be working with the – because the, uh, Fleet has a kitchen too, right? Yep. Fleet okay. has a kitchen as well. So um, right now, I mean, I think we're going to be working a little bit with the food trucks. It, it just depends what kind of uh, – what bourbons we're going to be doing, featuring for that event. Great. And then, um, you know, we're going to pair them with uh, foods that we think, you know, complement them very well. So – and Joe um, and I have been to your tastings before. We did one at uh, Motor City Gas. Yep, Motor City Gas. And you're, again, you totally know your stuff, obviously, as you're showing off on the podcast. So that's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun to check it out. And with food, I can only imagine that's another level you're adding to it. So. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Um, you know, we got a, they have a pretty big space there, so, you know, we can get a pretty large crowd in there. I was doing some events at Motor City Gas, which is a little smaller, and you can't do, you can't hold as many people. So I think adding the food and, you know, a little bit... Uh, um, they have a little bit more manpower there, so I think we can. We're going to host some pretty cool events there. They have a whole full of eat of people. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> wow. Speaking man. of uh, pretty cool, I think this is the first time, at least on our podcast, that we uh, drink bourbon out of glass. This is. Oh yeah, it's usually out of solo cups. <laughs> Those red, that red solo cup there that solo you see. Cup. Yeah. I thought I'd fancy it up fancy. with some Glen Cairns. For so you guys. yeah, and let's. So what let's was the name of the glass again? Yeah, let's talk about. It's the called glass. the Glen Cairn. Okay, so let's talk about this because okay. um, you since, brought them with water. With water. Yeah, yeah. Since, since we usually drink out of solo cups, let's talk about. The, 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 hey, don't, what, are you embarrassed? No, I'm not. Oh. To give, I brought a to glass give our list, once and I got made fun to of. To give our many listeners the kind of like uh, intimate look inside of what happens in the <laughs> studio, the, the green and black studio that they often see, mm-hmm. right? It's always a solo cup. Always. <laughs> I brought in wine glasses once and I actually yeah. donated them to the studio. However, that was a rare occasion. Okay? It's mostly... Red solo cup. So yeah. I saw I saw the pictures and I thought I'd, I thought I'd class it up. Oh, he felt bad for us. He felt bad for us. So so tell us the advantage of this glass when you're drinking bourbon. So um, I guess the theory behind when they they made this Glencairn glass is that the shape of the glass actually is supposed to you know allow you to really um, you know get the get the, the flavors of the smell or the nose the aromas. Um, it's really supposed to bring out the aromas. Also, um, when you know when you shake it around the lines that you see. Um, usually that's a sign of, you know, age and complexity in bourbon. So it really lets you kind of see that as opposed to a, a solo cup. You can't really, <laughs> you can't really see that from. So supposedly, you know, it, it is the best, best glass for drinking. Bourbon. Do you drink when you taste your, uh, do your, um, reviews, do you use these kind of glasses? I always, yep. I always use these kind of glasses. I always drink it neat. Um, I don't add an ice cube. I don't add water. Um, so even when you're getting, you know, I've, you know, the 140 proof, uh, <sighs> bourbons out there i did see some pictures in the winter time though so you probably yeah you when the winter comes you can bring out the heaters the, yeah. the 100 anything over 120 proof we save for the winter but um but yes 120 proof yeah there's a couple i mean if you get some of the george t stags um the elijah craig barrel proof there's 100 you know north of 140 proof really yeah what does that taste like it tastes like fire, and it definitely burns God going damn. down. So I, I those I've ones are stuff with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are really hard to review because they are so. 
I mean, you're just getting so much heat and, you know, burn. Um, so th- typically anything like that is, is difficult to review. So I usually taste it and then I have to, you know, add a little water to, to lighten it up a little Who, bit. What, what are those high proof, really high proof? Cause these 110 proof, 114 mm-hmm. proof ones are, are significant to me. Yeah. Um, when you go that high, far north, what are the are those? Are people drinking those? Yeah, like that, or are they mixing them or doing both? I think they're doing a bit of both. I mean, the cast strength or barrel, you know, barrel proof right now is really really popular. Um, so what does cast strength mean? So cast strength is like usually. Um, so a lot of distillers when they take when they empty you know or take the the bourbon out of the barrels, they cut it with water to get the desired proof. So if they want their, you know, their bourbon at 90 proof, they're going to add X amount of water to get that to 90 proof. Um, if it's barrel proof or cast strength, they're taking it right out of that barrel and they're putting it in the bottles. They're not okay. adding any water to cut it. And they think that, I mean, the advantages of that is it's keeping the integrity of the flavors. You're not losing any of the flavor that you get right out of the barrel. Okay. Cost. You're not, you know, you're spending more. Yeah. Because you're not diluting it and getting more products. But then someone like me takes a high proof uh, whiskey and says, "Oh, make me a sour out of it because." Well, but that's your choice, though. Yeah. So at least you have that option. I think that's why bartenders like the higher proof too, because it can stand out in a cocktail that's in essence diluting it, basically. Yeah, I hate uh, you know taking a lower proof whiskey and putting it into a sour because then all I all I taste is a sour. sour but yeah. at least when for I sure. do it with a high proof whiskey, hundred or above is what I'm looking for, and yeah, and not not every bar has that though. As long as you're not mixing it with Coke, you're all, you're you're good to go. So, all right, so let's let this start. So you talk mixing. Um, what are your thoughts on adding water, adding ice? Um, I, th- I all mean, that I, stuff. I definitely think. I mean, Anthony I've, Bourdain approved it. So for, yeah, well, there you go. So you're all good. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I if I'm not doing if I'm not doing a review or not tasting it, you know, I usually add a, one ice cube to it mm-hmm. um, just to get a little bit of um, a little water down. And some people think it. You know, again, I don't know what opening it up means but some people think the, a little bit of water brings out more of the flavors um in the bourbon so i have no problem with adding a little bit of water because like i said it's, i mean there's not many people out there who can drink 140 proof bourbon without adding any any water or ice cubes or yeah nick like <laughs> okay not everyone here is a fire breather <laughs> yeah so. that wasn't 140 this is 114 proof it's delicate this yeah. is de- delicate bourbon. delicate delicate <laughs> soft <laughs> So crazy. Okay, so let's talk about. Um, I, I want to like talk about these larger producers, right? Like Jack Daniels, and so um, are they worth mentioning? Like, I mean, we have to, right? Because they're I, there's some really big. I mean, like Wild Turkey, people love Wild yeah, Turkey, and, and they make and, and, and buckets not, of that. Like, I I don't know. People love Bullet. They love Buffalo Trace. You go to any kind of these. But, but Bullet's you, had a rough couple of months. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Bullet's got some problems. Right every now. every a hotel bar I go to, Bullet's higher price than Buffalo Trace. No, no, every, no. It's still there. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. They just had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I want to, in terms of like production and um, quality and these types of issues. So, if you were to review a bottle of Jack Daniels, how do you review a bottle of Jack Daniels without? considering all of the shit that goes along with the name of Jack Daniels because Jack Daniels is the the big guy, right? Yeah. And we're taught as being part of the industry, I, I think at least, to, to not necessarily love the big guy. Yeah. Wild, well, Turkey's, a, wild Turkey's a different story, though, because I feel like Wild Turkey's kind of embraced where Jack Daniels is pushed away. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, the master to start at Wild Turkey, Eddie Russell, I mean – Everyone loves that guy. I mean, if you look at him, he, you know, he's at events all the time. If you go on a tour of the distillery, he's there, you know, he's talking to you, he's showing you how he does it. Um, 
So I think there's a little more, uh, you can relate to them more. He seems more like an everyday guy. You know, he's the face behind it. He's there. He's talking to you. Um, Jack Daniel, which, you know, Jack Daniel's technically not a bourbon. It's a Tennessee whiskey. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, it's a little okay. bit different. Um, yeah. No, I. I yeah. I, I, it's kind of like. It, but it, but is it's it technically in, a bourbon? No, well, it's technically not because they what they, they do like a charcoal filter. Uh-huh. Um and, and that's what makes it technically not a bourbon. It's right. how they filter their. It's thrown into the bourbon, like when people think bourbon. Yeah, people, like, when, when, think when it, the majority of Amer- the American public thinks yeah. bourbon, they think Jack Daniels, right? I think a lot of people, yes. And and that has the fact that it's a whiskey, a mm-hmm. Tennessee whiskey, mm-hmm. and it says that around the label. I bet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, they they don't push that part of it. They want you to. They want your mind to kind of think. For sure, yeah. Okay. Definitely, they want you to think. You know, it's a bourbon, or I mean, which I don't think people you know care. I'm sure it's the the number one sold whiskey in you know throughout America for sure. Um, and uh, I mean, I you know they have a bunch of different stuff. I don't drink much. You know, Jack Daniels. That was more when I was in college, and you know, I mean, it's marketing. It's like Absolute, right? Who drinks Absolute? I don't know much about vodka. So, yeah. I mean, it's all marketing. Yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely marketing, and I mean, there's they. I'm sure they do a great job of marketing. They have some great stories, you know, a good history, a lot of you know stuff. So, um, people like it. A lot of people drink it. A lot of people collect it. I mean, it's still a huge market for it. There's a lot of different, you know, Jack Daniels bottles that are are rare and collectible. Um, personally, I don't, you know, I, I'm not a big Jack Daniels guy, but uh, some people love it. So, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. There you go. That was his drink of choice. <laughs> he has a, he had a very specific cocktail. That he would make. And if I remember correctly, it was two fingers of um, Jack, four ice cubes topped off with spring water. And he would drink that, which is a decent amount of water in the cocktail. But he'd drink it so he wouldn't get annihilated when he was performing. Okay. Just enough to, like, loosen him up. And, yeah. 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 What was Dean Martin's drink? Probably straight Jack. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he faked all his drinks, um, but yeah, there might have. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So we're we're opening an, so you're opening another bottle. Um, so <laughs> what, what do we have here? So this is the newest release from uh, Michter's. Michter's is a you know a, another. It's a big. It's a big popular brand. Um, they're not at the Buffalo Trace or like Heaven Hill level, but there's definitely a huge following. Um, it's very you know very popular. So this is their newest. Uh, it's a barrel strength toasted barrel finish rye. So, um, like I said, this is the newest release. I think just this just came out probably two weeks ago. Um, I haven't seen any in the state of Michigan um, yet. This is the first time you're trying this? No, I've tried, I tried it once before. Oh, okay. So, so this is actually okay. my second pour. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is a review pour. Yes. All right, Guys, so, this is the review pour. <laughs> so just for my clarification, because I'm an idiot, you you said it's a rye, but it's also bourbon, right? No, it's a rye. It's okay. not a bourbon. All right, all right, yep. okay. all right. I thought we all had three bourbons. No, there's no. Two, two bourbons and then a rye. Okay, all right. Um, all right. I'm not an idiot. No, no, I, I, you know, you're, 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 I mean, I mean, well, so I, my, you know, my website is focused on bourbon, but I do a lot of stuff with rye. I mean, right. I'm, I'm a huge rye whiskey fan. I'm a huge Michter's fan. So, um, and like I said, this was just their newest release. It just came out. Um, so you do rye. Do you do Canadian? Do you do scotch? Do you Irish? Not really. I'm not a big scotch guy. Um, I don't like the, the peaty smoky mm-hmm. flavors too much. Um, not Irish either. I mean, I'll do a shot of Jameson at the bar, but, uh. Japanese. I, I like I like some Japanese, yeah. and I'm just you know I just started getting into a few more Indian ones. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a you know a fairly new one. It's not in Michigan, but it's called Paul John. It's an Indian whiskey, and um, you know I just started you know sipping on that a little bit. I know there's they've got a few other good ones out there. Okay, so you keep saying it's not in Michigan. Um, I, I have to. <laughs> you're, you're Michigan based. Um, How many hours do we have to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what is 
So when someone looks at your Instagram account, they are they to assume that you're not Michigan? Like, what well, says Detroit on his account? Oh, well, yeah. I, no, I understand yeah. that, and and you know, I was going to point that out, but also like, does it does it matter in this world? Does it matter in the bourbon world? I should say, no, not in, like I the mean, world in general, like as an existential sense, but like, I mean, most of these bourbons, whoa. even though I know, right, <laughs> even though they're not distributed in Michigan right now, usually, I mean, eventually down the line, they are going to be distributed in Michigan. Okay, if you want a bottle of these, I mean, there's places you can, uh, as far as secondary places, you know, a lot of Facebook groups. Um, there's a couple websites where you know you can get these bottles. Can we talk about the legality of? It's not. <laughs> okay, I think I think we've been over this with like every. I saw, guest so I saw far. Nick on Craigslist and in an alley once. Going, <laughs> you, you won't Bottle, come here. You won't see it on Craigslist. I, I've, I've literally gone places with Nick, and he's like, "I'll be right back," and then he comes back with a box of booze. Like, what, what the fuck just happened? No, Nick will, Nick will go, and he'll be like, "Hey, I got this uh, seventy dollar pencil, and uh, with this pencil, you get this free bottle of booze." I don't know. Well, what you notice though is notice the Mickner's bottle says sample. Yeah. So why do they do that? That's an interesting story. Um, I mean, they probably do that. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of shady people out there who, if they do send samples to it, try and resell these bottles. I mean, well, there's if, no tax, so that's a non-tax Because you can't exactly. take that yeah. label off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I could, but I mean, if I wanted to flip this, I mean, I could have probably sold it for north of 200 bucks. I mean... Um, yeah, but you could also pour it into a Pappy 23 bottle and sell for more <laughs> than And that. flip it for 2500 yeah. <laughs> and flip it for 2500 exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, most of them will eventually get to the Michigan market, um, but there's ways of getting them for sure. And you know, I'm gonna post about them. Like I said, even though they're some of my favorites, they're not distributed in Michigan yet. Some of them, Michter's is, and I'm sure this one, a few stores will get some bottles of this. When they when they when they give you the stuff to sample or to uh, review, do they give you like a list of places that you can get it? Um, no, so you can tell your friends. No, no. Um, I usually post about. I mean, everyone has their stores and. If you're a big bourbon guy, I mean, you're going to have your liquor stores that you go to that you know the guys where you spend, you know, a couple grand each year to, in hope of getting those allocated bourbon bottles Wait, or whiskey I'm bottles. Wait, I'm sorry. It's like a comic book store, It's like a comic book store, You spend right? a couple, couple grand individually oh, I mean, there, to, to get an allocated bottle? There's a hundred. Well, like individual who, consumer? Yeah. No, 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 no. So that's, he's saying total. So over the year, you spend a couple year. grand in booze. Therefore, they're like, hey, you're a good customer. Here's a cool bottle. For Here's you. one I got in the back room. For yeah, you, but kid. there is guys who, there's guys who, um, I mean, are paying crazy amounts of money uh, for, you know, bottles. I know the, what is it, the Pappy? There's a 25 year that just came out, um, a limited release, and I know of only five stores in Michigan got it. I know one of them, um, but one store sold one for eight grand. No. Yeah. Well, Come on. so wait, so wait, so there is a 50 year old McAllen that is yeah. in Michigan right now. Yeah, and I'm not gonna say where because he doesn't want to be named. Um, but. He, a bottle, two, uh, two, two, I think, two bottles. Yeah, he brought it in. Actually. You guys both know where where they're at. Do you know where it is? I don't know where. It's oh, at. you don't. Know okay, it. I'll tell you after. Um, <laughs> no, because he specifically said he's like, I don't want to be robbed. Yeah, because it's like a very expensive bottle. What does one of those bottles go for? Oh, I looked it up once. It was like ten grand more, more than that. It's like, Stop I want to say it. I want to say it was twenty five. Yeah, I think I think I thought selling for twenty. What's the yeah. markup on that? What did he have to buy it for? I'm sure you paid a lot of money, but I don't, I don't know thir- where he got thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Supply and demand, bro. But when um, you look at how much of that has evaporated, I mean, they probably put in you know a fifty-five gallon oh, drum. Oh, he just told everyone it's at the Angel Share Market, <laughs> uh, <laughs> located on Woodward. And, uh, <laughs> but that, yeah. so, wow, that, that's incredible. There's a long story too. There's like of like how that happened. Of how the person got it, or, yeah, or like how the they tried oh, okay. to get it into the market for someone, and then they didn't end up buying it. Oh so, shit! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the secondary market on some of these bottles is crazy. I mean, 
well, even it. party stores, you're not buying them for – most of them aren't selling you them for retail. I mean, uh, let's say a 10-year-old Rip Van Winkle, you know, it retails for 60 bucks. You're usually paying 400 bucks for it. And, and that's not illegal. You no. can market – you can – there's a minimum, but you can go as high as you want. Yep. Oh, that is legal. It's yeah. It's legal to go, it's not legal. Yeah. It is legal. It is legal to go as high as you want. Yeah, but you can't go lower. Yeah, than. it's illegal to go a yeah. dollar below the price in the book. <laughs> She's like, I want to get rid of. The, I want to get rid of this pappy for lower than. And they're like, Nope, you can't do that. <laughs> Anybody wants this though? five o'clock uh, vodka? <laughs> Fifty cents? No, <laughs> seventy-five cents. Um, so uh, where are, are your preferred bourbon? Oh, that's me. Stores. Store. Ooh. That could be secret. It, that's no. like his fishing ground. No, it's all good. Um, Wait. Okay. Okay. So, okay. First question. Mm-hmm. Right before that one. So answer this that, that one second. Okay. First one. How al- highly allocated are these bottles that, that sometimes come out? And do you, do you have a personal connection with your store? If you name a store, mm-hmm. I don't know where, where you're going to name. Do you have a personal connection with them where they're like, they'll, they'll appreciate the plug mm. and they'll also hold the, still hold your bottles for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, so depending on allocation, like, you know, Pappy Van Winkle allocation is, you know, or Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. Um, I mean, there's sometimes that the state of Michigan will get 20 bottles of it, you know, depending on. and, and Bottles? It's, yeah, it's crazy. And you don't know Not which cases, stores get it. Bottles. The state. Yes. The, state. the whole state. Yes. Yeah. Um, they go to stores or they go to restaurants or both or? I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of restaurants that do get them and they're probably paying, you know, I mean, the way they get them basically is. <laughs> At least I understand enough. is that you're you're buying all their other stuff. So if you want a bottle of Pappy, you know, come Pappy season, you're you know you're buying a barrel of their Buffalo Trace. You're buying a barrel of you know their Fireball, other, whatever it is, man. You're buying a barrel of Fireball? everything. Pappy does Fireball. Yeah. You sell oh, a lot shit. of Fireball, you might get a little hookup. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, um, so this is where the bars get. There. <laughs> I get it. And now. allocation is illegal. So there, there, there are bar- you're telling me there's bars in East Lansing that have Pappy because they saw a lot of Fireball. The owner, well, the owner's house might have Pappy. That's probably, that's yeah. exactly yeah. right. You, I can see a lot of um, party store guys. There's a couple in the area who I know, who they, you know, I got one bottle and I'm I'm taking it home with me, and that's right. you know, and I guess if they own the store, that's their their thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a couple stores that I definitely, you know, I do I do a couple favors for throughout the year. I, you know, I would give them some plugs and I spend some money there. So I heard him at one time. He was like, hey, Nick, I do you a favor. Come <laughs> over here. I got uh, my favorite stores the, too, though. The day yeah. of my daughter's yeah. wedding. Uh, my go-to probably, you know, is in is Beverage Warehouse. It's actually in in Southfield. I've been um, there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, That's where I found my Pappy. Spot. I yeah. found Pappy on the shelf there. Yeah. On the shelf. Yeah. Twelve shit. Yep. Nice. Um. So that you know they take care of me pretty good there. The the guys there. Uh huh. Um, uh, there's one in you know in Canton area. It's called A and B Liquor okay. Store that you know they usually take care of me. And uh, there's a couple more. You know I try and pop around. And <laughs> I, I know uh, the one that always comes up uh, locally is like in the Royal Oak Birmingham area is Caicos. Yeah, Caicos. Yeah. yeah. Um, so well, for, for Joe and Giovanni yeah. are so personable and nice. Mm-hmm. And knowledgeable. I've never been in there. That's a nice personal. Yeah. Yeah, they're so they're they getting nice. remodeled right now too. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They're getting they always have excellent store picks. So I mean. Um, Oh, where yeah. they actually go down there, they pick out the ba- they you know they actually taste the different barrels and say I want that one of you know a particular bourbon and they have they have some of the best store picks for sure in in the Metro Detroit area. And if you're open to like learning, they will spend the whole day talking to you. Yeah. They are so nice. Yeah, and so I think that that's a good a good lead into questions about this uh, to Ben the classes that you that you run. Um, is there an active market for? These bourbon classes and and how successful are they? And when you pair when you team with someone like Motor City mm-hmm. uh, Gas, like are, are they? Um, are you required to use their 
alcohol? Can you bring in your outside to outside alcohol to compare, contrast? Yeah. Or no? So I mean, when I when I was doing at Motor City Gas, um, you know, I was bringing in my own stuff. Okay. Um, I, as far as that, I, you know, I don't actually know the, <laughs> the legality of well, what, I'm not what talking it entails. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking um, about legality issues. I'm um, talking about like. So yeah, typically if I, you know, the ones the events I've done at Motor City Gas, I I've brought, you know, I've I use one or two of their whiskeys that they make in house, and okay. then I'll bring in, you know, two or three of my own um, that I think would, you know, there's a market for people, you know, haven't tried or you know want to try um, and are available. And yeah, I'm locally are available locally. Some okay. of them. I, I mean, depending on the tastings, I like to try and do one that you know you're not going to find on your shelves. Um, you know, you're going to pay top dollar for. If you don't know somebody, you're probably not getting a bottle of it. So I usually like to you know add one of those in there as well. That you know someone's not going to taste you know anywhere. It adds to the like the special feel, exactly uniqueness of the tasting for right? sure. For sure, it, it definitely adds to that. And um, you know, it, it makes them want to come. They're like, well, you know, I've never had that. I'm probably not going to be able to find it anywhere. I'd like to, you know, get a taste of it. I mean, I feel really special tonight. These are <laughs> these are big deals, I feel like. Yeah, yeah these are Absolutely. great. These are all great. Um, they're all, I, I mean, all popular. You know, they're all big name brands, and the, all these are limited releases. The cool thing about all these is that they're not like, re, they're all different batches. So once they're gone, they're gone. They're not, you know, you can't reproduce, you know, batch two or batch 11. Um, this goes back to Joe's once you uh, step in the lake. Or a river, you don't step in it again. What? Same river twice. No. You had some it's the same but different. It's was the that same last but different. Did I miss that? No, earlier, earlier in the same podcast tonight, he had an existential moment. It's kind of the, I go in and out. It's kind of like the Kierkegaardian idea of repetition. Pay attention, Nick. Like everything. We're all talking. We together. do things the same but different. It, right, right. it, it, it goes down a path that we don't have to go down. Well, all right, because so, every sip of this is the same sip but different. But different, right. Because it happens at a different moment in time. <laughs> so let's talk about. <laughs> are we are we are we leaving this discussion? We are. Okay, we're, we're wow. leaving yeah, okay. I think that bothered him. Oh well, it's just my brain it's hurts. Boring. I can't talk and think. People at the are same already time. sleeping. <laughs> Ben's mom, who knows that he's on tonight, is literally sleeping right no, now because she's, she's up, like, man. these guys are the worst. <laughs> ben is so great, but why doesn't he talk more? No, All right, well, let's like, give him a chance to talk. <laughs> what are your thoughts about drinking bourbon as opposed to saving bourbon? I mean, I'm a fan of. Opening bourbon. If you have it, open it. Um, I mean, I'm not. I, I know mean, you're a bad example because you have a lot of bourbon. Well, I have a lot like, of it, and I, I mean, I just don't know. Like, I mean, I just don't understand the point of buying it just to to sell it. Is not. You know, I don't really get that. Um, I think if you're gonna, you know, buy it, you should you should drink it and experience it. I mean, I don't know. So you, you probably I, I, have a a, a a large collection. Yeah, I've got a fairly else. large collection. Do you itemize it? Do you like? Do you, I mean, I'm serious. Like, if you have it on a shelf and you have like. Five levels of, of of rows and stuff, and it's in the back, and you don't know it's in the back. I mean, like a record collection. Are, are you, you're, ta- you're talking about like high fidelity shit, where he's like, it's yeah. alphabetical by like, yeah, like do you know in his life? Do you what? Well, yeah. Do you know like like okay? Uh, I mean, I usually <laughs> fourth bottle back over there <laughs> yep. on that shelf. Like otherwise, it's gonna you know. I look at it pretty frequently because I mean I you know I have a, a glass or two of bourbon you know um, pretty much every night so. Do you, you rotate know, the bottles? Do you? Like, I don't rotate. You know, I I classify them by shelves. So I mean, I have like you know a, a top okay, shelf see, from. There's uh, a classification. It does, well, of course, sure. there is. You for have sure. to have one. Th- that yeah. many bottles. So I, you know, I'm putting the bourbons you know on the top shelf that, you know, I'm, I may I may never see again. I may not have a chance to buy again. Okay. Um, if I'm am gonna buy them, they're gonna be eight hundred dollars. So uh, you know, you know, I definitely, you know, tear it down. My you know, have my top shelf and then. You know my bottom shelf stuff like that. So you ever come across something that you're like, oh, I forgot that was here. Like, yeah, for sure, definitely okay. once in a while. Um, 
I definitely come across stuff. Where I was like, oh yeah, let's drink that. I haven't, you know, I haven't had that in a while or something like that for sure. Do you panic about? Your, all right, so here's a here's an inside. One of my shelves that's filled with booze has just a little bow in it. And do you ever like panic? You're going to come home and just see like a pile of oh, glass and booze. <laughs> I, I literally every day, all my shelves have a little bit of a bow in it, and it's one of those. It's one of those like high industrial ones from like Home Depot, mm-hmm. the metal right, ones, right, right, right. one. And they're all start. They all have a tiny bow in it. And yes, I do definitely. When I go on vacation, I'm always like afraid that I'm going to come home and it's going to be a big pile uh-huh. of uh, booze and glass. But 100 last night, I definitely do think about that for sure. You that- put anything else on the shelf other than whiskey? Uh, I mean, I've got a few a few bottles of uh, I mean a few bottles of vodka. Uh, you know, a bottle of tequila. A bottle of rum, nothing. A, a bottle, literally one bottle of rum. I think I have one, bo- literally one bottle of rum. <laughs> it's best in bourbon, not that's, best in rum. That's for profiling have, purposes, sir. Yeah, well, I, I have but, one bottle of rum, one bottle of tequila, one bottle of vodka. Well, isn't that a country song? Do, do you own best in rum and best in? I don't. You should, should because we oh, just no, we gone. just dropped they, it. They just sold. Someone literally <laughs> because <dropped> his mom, <laughs> my mom, his mom <laughs> grabbed the Instagram my account just now. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, so uh, on that. Uh, you know, obviously, you're in the industry. What's bourbon is the, on its high point right now? Everyone's digging it for sure. What's the next wave? Um, well, I mean, according to a few, you know, big guys, rum is probably the next big wave. Um, I'm not a huge rum guy, but it sounds like you know a lot of uh, um, you know rums, like Dominican rums, um, that kind of stuff, are the big, the big, the next big wave. I mean, I think bourbon's going to be a, a big wave for a long time because um, I mean, the like I said, the market for bourbon's huge. The following is huge. Bourbon's never come out of vogue here because it would. It's a. It's what. It, no, one was, has, no one has best in rum right now. There you go, man. <laughs> there you go. I can, we can get some bottles Let's going right for now. sure. Best in rum. Um, well, all the Pirates of Caribbean movies are pretty much yeah. done, so there's no. I mean, what's the next rum? Oh, the last movie didn't show well either. It, come on, we've talked about Doctor Bird a number of times. No, Dude, no, I get it, but I'm talking know, about like, like a, a social kind of thing to cattle. You know, to throw something over the edge, like like the movie Swingers oh, put everyone into the like the swing uh, music. Uh, okay, so you're dancing around scene. a question. What put you over the edge? What, oh, the the best in bourbon yeah. account, twenty two thousand followers. That's that's impressive. Thank you. How did that happen? Uh, I mean, it's taken what I probably started it three and a half years ago, four years ago. Oh, um, such a long time. Hungry dude. Let's not talk. Let's not. Come on. No, but it was Come a grind. On. I mean, I started it from from scratch, from one you know one bottle of bourbon, and um, like ten thousand. Yeah, just kind of built my way up for sure. I mean, so this is, this is a passion project. Let's be clear about this. Hundred percent. You, you just love drinking bourbon. Hundred percent. It was it was purely started out of passion. Me loving bourbon. And people started sending you bourbon. Yeah. That's the American dream. <laughs> I mean, I had to do my work in the beginning. I definitely was, uh, you know, I definitely would solicit companies, say, um, you know, hey, you know, you know, would you be interested in be willing to send me a bottle? And um, fortunately, a lot of companies were like, yeah, you know, well, you know, I'll, I'll definitely send you one and see what you think. And you post about it. So it started from there and it just kind of took off. And, you know, I don't really have to do much solicitation anymore. I kind of they they reach out to me and send me the bottles, but it through definitely your, started out you know me reaching out to them. They reach out to you through your Instagram account, pretty much. Yep, best in bourbon, best in bourbon, best at in best in bourbon. bourbon. Nick yep. Nick is best All in word. tacos because <laughs> if I get people to start sending me tacos, <laughs> why, why do you want a taco? Why, yeah, why oh, do you want people to send I'm you Mexican? Gross. Stop profiling. Go find your own tacos. <laughs> um. Best in tacos is so, not taken, <laughs> so people can ship tacos to Vato. <laughs> Best in case of the yeah. Best in case of the But yeah, no, it started out as a passion project, and you know I love bourbon, so you know, and it, it was you know a grind at first, and you know I had to 
Do, do you your, your definition of a grind it wasn't a, yeah. is really, <laughs> really stretching it because yeah. your grind is drinking bourbon. My grind is drinking <laughs> bourbon. But, you know, I had, you know, I reached out to the companies and I, you know, I asked them for it and I posted about them and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I did it all by myself. I didn't, you know, I wasn't doing it. With That's people. great. No, no. And I'm not taking away from that, but, sure. but I'm just, uh, totally so at what point <laughs> do you have, do you have any under lock and key? I, I mean, I've got a few in a special box that's like, that's hidden away from well, the rest. Because sure. you have a new little one too. I have a new little. Yes, yeah. I do. I have a thirteen month. Because he might throw he might throw a kegger and all well, of a sudden, a basement, a thir- he doesn't go down there. A thirteen a month old bottle of bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have bourbons older yeah. than you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he, he's gonna throw a kegger and all of a sudden somebody's gonna be like, "What's that on that top?" Oh, show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I've got yeah. friends will be reaching. Believe me, I've I've got some friends who definitely. Uh, you know, go down there and, you know, I, I mean, I give them free reigns to have whatever you want. If you enjoy bourbon, go ahead and take it. So I definitely have a few that are hidden away for that guy who takes a, you know, a full glass and pounds <laughs> it in one sip. So oh. you have friends like that? I know. Yeah, for sure. Oh, shit, <laughs> That's rough. Definitely. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, but I keep a few locked up um, for, you know, special <laughs> occasions fire and safe. stuff like that. <laughs> safety deposit box at the bank. <laughs> For sure. I mean, hey, deposit box. Probably, I mean, if you value those, bourbon. I mean, it's probably easily, you know, 15, 20 grand to that collection. Uh, of no. What's your home address? You want to show that? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Wow. So is there a. Right, here, here's a quick question before you ask that. How do people price? <laughs> how do people price the secondary market? Like, I mean, comic books, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like you can buy guides or com- or baseball, baseball cards. You yep. can buy guides for this and it says here's what this is worth. Are there those same kind of guides for? So uh, I mean, there's a Facebook there's a Facebook group called Bourbon Secondary Market, and I really I mean I think that kind of sets the the market for what the secondary price is. And I mean, you don't know until you put it up. So a lot of people, the way they you know are selling their bottles, they put it up for auction. And there's you know a set of rules and these things and people whatever people pay for it that kind of sets the market for it wow. and that's what they start selling for. I mean, and if you lowball it, you get hounded. Is like, there a secondary I, market for Legos? Oh yeah, there is. <laughs> Bricklink. I don't know. I'm Bricklink asking. is huge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean the bourbon community kind of sets the standards for what the secondary market is on a bottle, and I mean uh, it's pretty crazy. Some of them. A couple years ago, I tried to find a bottle and I lowballed it, and not knowing that I was lowballing it, and I got my ass handed to me, flamed. Yeah. Like oh, really bad. Like people are like, you know better than this. You're a blogger. Blah blah blah. I'm like, I don't. People are vicious in, the, in yeah. this community. If you do something stupid, I mean, they'll, I mean, they'll look up your personal information. That's what they they'll, did. They'll they went to my personal page. That's called doxing. Yeah, man. That's called oh man, that's crazy. That's, that's nonsense. That's it's called crazy. Doxing. The people are crazy about it. It's nuts. But but why though? Like you're you're not. You don't mean offense by it, Nick. You didn't mean like like oh, I'll give you ten. A thousand dollars for that bottle, and they're like, "Oh, you asshole! It, it's worth three thousand. It's like kind of. Well, but <laughs> it's you know. like it's bourbon trolls. Yeah, and there's a huge. I mean, it's it's crazy if you go on there and if you you know if you do something wrong, like I said, they'll uh, they'll they'll definitely uh, hound you and harass you. And the first so are there Lego trolls? The first thing I do. Hmm. So I the, my only connection to this is beer, right? Like goblins, I, I, I have like I'll go to Holiday Market in Royal Oak and buy a bottle of. KBS Kentucky Breakfast mm-hmm. from Founders and a bottle after bo- you waited two hours. I won't wait. I won't wait. If it's left over yeah. and it's there, I'll buy it. I, I I have a bottle in my fridge right now. I have three bottles in my basement from that have been aged for a couple of years. I'm not going to resell them. I have no desire to. Re- I will drink I, them eventually. I bet I'll you would them. if it was like, oh, you can get seven thousand dollars. I, I, and I still wouldn't. But see, that's beer though. I feel like you invested what six bucks for a bottle. Ten bucks for a bottle, yeah, and you can flip it for maybe twenty, thirty, whatever. But this right here, he gets this for let's say fifty, eighty. 
and he can flip it for three hundred, five hundred. But the, but the 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 point is that the experiences that you can have with friends, like on a podcast, for example, that's because like you put one foot in the river. That's a wonderful that's podcast. Yeah. He just called us his friends. <laughs> that that these experiences, <laughs> these experiences that you have are are, and I think this is the point of buying a bottle, the larger point of buying a bottle of bourbon yeah. is that you're not buying it necessarily to just drink it by yourself i mean if you are that's fine whatever you know do what you do you however it like, you want to have like and share it 100 percent. if you if you hate it maybe you won't share it maybe be like i'll pour it down the drain or whatever but if you buy a nice bottle of bourbon no i agree if, i mean i think bourbon is meant to be drank and not you know not sit in your your basement for 50 years and or resold, I think you drink it. So I mean, unless it was in like an inheritance for your, yeah. I mean, there's people who do that, and I understand it. But I mean, if I'm getting a bottle, I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up and I'm gonna drink it. And like you said, I'm gonna share it with friends on a special occasion. People who will enjoy it. That's and, why I do it. And a couple things, right? So we've been over this before. If if you have a 25 year old pappy in your basement and you save it for five more years, it's not a 30 year old pappy. It's no. still a 25 year old pappy. It's still a 25 year old pappy, but I mean, it, you could add a couple grand to the the. The market value of it for sure, but now, yeah, that's whiskey though. Now liqueurs with sugar do age, and like Billy Sunday and Amaro Amargo, I'm not pronouncing that right. Um, they both serve vintage um, liqueurs, and they do change. And it's and, and every and every one of these evaporate, right? No matter yeah, how. I guess well. if you wax them all, well. Yeah, these are going to evaporate. I mean, you definitely see bottles from fifty, you know, sixty years ago that are the the fill level is definitely you know significantly decreased. It's about half full or something like that, or some are even empty for sure. Uh, okay, so Ben, yeah. where we've talked about this numerous times tonight, but let's go over it one more time. <laughs> bestinbourbon dot com, bestinbourbon dot com at, at bestinbourbon in Instagram. That's where I do most of my stuff. Um, check us out. I'm going to be doing some stuff with the Detroit Fleet uh, soon. We're going to be doing a monthly event. Uh, bourbon event, food pairing. Um, so yeah. like Best in Bourbon on Instagram. Like Best in Bourbon on like Instagram. Like Detroit Fleet on Instagram and Facebook. For sure. Uh, bestinbourbon.com was recently revamped or is going we're, to be it's, revamped? We're revamping it right now. So it's, okay. there's going to be some changes to it. Um, a lot more reviews, a lot more uh, stuff for Michigan people where you can you know where you can find allocated bourbons. I'll give away some of my, you know, my secrets on there. Ooh, of awesome. where where to get these uh these hard to get bottles. Uh you should set up like a Patron account, Patron, however you said pronounce that. Where you like people pay for your your, your stuff. Uh, yeah, I'll give it away for free. I'm not wow. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so hopefully in the next in the next few weeks we'll see some changes there and um like I said it'll be I'm going to focus more on Michigan stuff so, you know, the Michigan people can, you know, find those bottles and a few other things where to drink bourbon. Where to go, all that good stuff. Awesome. Uh, thanks again for fun. bringing these really yeah, awesome models. Uh, ben, you've been great. Uh, until next time, dine well, friends. <laughs>